Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. in our mind. Help us to be able to learn from you because we know your goal is to take us closer to where God wants us to be. So help us today. Teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a scripture that I love very well where I will start from. I want everybody to open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and we're going to read verse 23 and 24. It will be on the screen. So I would like it displayed. Hopefully we can all read it together. Can we read this scripture together, every one of us? One, two, go. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So he's saying Christ is two things to us. There are two aspects of Christ. Christ reveals to us, or is to us, or communicates to us the power of God, but also the wisdom of God. And it's important to know those two. Christ to us as believers, that is all of us who have been saved, all of us who are called, God has taught us. There are two ways Christ reveals God to us. There are two ways Christ ministers to us. He, there are two ways Christ uh, reveals God's grace into our life. There are two ways he solves our problems. One is through the power of God. The other way is through the wisdom of God. Amen. <clears throat> so if you are faced with any task <clears throat> as a believer, if you are faced with a challenge, a problem, you always have to ask yourself, which aspect of Christ is needed here. Because I think sometimes we get confused. There are areas where what we need is the power of God. Uh, and we, you know, maybe we pursue his wisdom. There are areas where what we need is the wisdom of God. What we want is, what we are looking for is the power of God. And sometimes a lot of us, we get jacked up that way. We are not able to fully experience God because we don't fully understand how he works. Hallelujah. I'll give you an example. If you're sick, you need God's power. All right? You know, so God's power. Divine healing, most times, is a function of the power of God. The anointing to heal is very, very, is needed. But really, to live a healthy life, it's not just going to be by the power of God. It's going to be by the wisdom of God, right? You cannot neglect God's wisdom and expect that God's power will always take care of your health, right? God has given us his wisdom, how to live. And if we ignore the wisdom of God, the power of God will not be able to help us. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Let's say in our finances, a lot of times when we approach our finances, what we are looking for is the power of God, miracle. 
you know, God to just, you know, somehow send me money in the mail, you know, cancel our debt, you know, amen, and God to just come, somehow just coming. Sometimes he does that, but he really does, you know. God, sometimes when we're in a corner, he throws manna from, the, from, the, from heaven, right? Uh, you know, sometimes he does that. But most times, the way God will really answer your prayer for financial abundance is going to be through his wisdom. Uh, it's not going to be by you just living the way you want, and somehow the power of God will show up anytime you need money, uh, something will happen. You know, you will not pray that way. God, we give you wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Even in things like, you know, uh, you know, victory over evil forces. A lot of time we think it's only God's power. But if you really look at the scripture very well, yes, Jesus said, Luke chapter 10, verse 9, you know, I will give you the power to trample upon scorpions. You know, that's what we like. But if you look at Ephesians 3.10, Ephesians 3.10 says, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. There's a degree to which just using God's wisdom is what you need to fight the enemy. He's not gonna, God is not just going to show up all the time and display his power, no. God is going to expect you as a person to learn his wisdom, to walk in obedience Jesus defines wisdom to us. He says, anybody that does these words of mine, that hears them and does them, is like a wise man. So applying God's wisdom in the way we live our life, you know, is another way to experience God's miracle in our lives, God's supernatural life. Amen. One thing about God's wisdom is available to everybody. You know, sometimes you see that even unbelievers somehow they can assess God's wisdom because his wisdom are his principles that he has given to us to be able to live a better life, to experience abundance, to experience the, you know, good life, to, you know, to apply in our marriage, to apply in our relationship, you know, to apply in our finances. A lot of times you see that a lot of believers, they ignore that. They ignore the wisdom of God because somehow we just think we have access to the power of God. We think, you know what, I don't need to do anything. I just, you know, anytime I have a problem, I just call down the Holy Ghost fire. It's just going to come and zap my husband or zap my wife and whip them to shape and we're going to just be good. You know, God is not going to be like that. He expects you to learn his wisdom, right, and apply them so you can have the miracle you need in your marriage, miracle of joy, peace. So it's important as a believer to know that. Unbelievers sometimes, they are able, they don't have access to his power most times because they don't have relationship. They don't have access to his life, you know, the life of Jesus Christ, the eternal life he gives to us. But the good thing is they have access to his wisdom uh, is because the wisdom is available, is open. God is not concealing it. Some of them have access and, they apply, you know, you see that they apply those wisdom and they are able to get the same results. So we as believers should not be ignorant of God's wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. So we're going to begin this series. We're going to talk about abundance, prosperity. So prosperity, financial abundance, is one of those things that are not functions of signs and wonders. All right? 
They are not. Only once in a while, God will come in because of his grace, you know, when we're in a corner. But if you really want to enjoy God's abundance, you really want to really have more and have overflow, you're going to really have to be very attentive to God's plan. You're going to be very attentive to his wisdom, especially as it regards, you know, finances. And if you look at the scripture, Jesus was very, very interested in our financial life. Jesus gave about 32 parables. 16 of those parables have to do with management of finances. And that shows how keen he was about how we manage our money. As a matter of fact, Jesus is more practical than we make him to be. Very practical in his approach to problems, in his approach to everything. They came to him, they talked, you know, they tried to trick him. You know, you know, what should we, you know, should we pay taxes to the Caesar? That was a, that was a political question, by the way. And Jesus answered that, give what belonged to Caesar. Caesar, give what belonged to God. God, you know, kind of really answered that. He was more realistic and more practical in the way he taught us. So it's very important for us to know as believers if we are good. There are so many, there are so many aspects of our life, you know, so many things that God has for us that we are not going to achieve if we only just focus on the power of God. You know, just, you know, Holy Ghost fire, prayer, you know, anointing, fire. You know, those things, they are symbols of God's power, divine intervention. A lot of them are going to be answered by us being attentive, listening, using our mind, asking for his wisdom, learning from his word, learning from our environment, and applying it to our life. That's the story Jesus was telling us here in the scripture that, we, that was read beautifully by our sister, that this man applied senses, all right? He found himself in a corner, all right? Obviously, he messed up. He messed up. He hasn't been doing what he was supposed to do, and he was about to get fired. You know, if he was a born-again believer, they're just going to call two or three people and say, let's fast, you know, let's, you know, let's pray that the Holy Ghost will zap my boss, you know, and kick him out, you know, you know, they're not going to ask all next questions. You know, they're not going to say, you know what, I did something wrong. What have I been doing wrong? And most likely, people are not even going to ask. People are just going to say, let's pray for you. Oh, your boss is giving you trouble. Nobody's going to say, okay, how have you been doing? How, how is your performance? Are you getting to work on time? Are you responding on time? If you have not been doing that, maybe there are things we can do. That's how the guy approached the problem. In a more practical terms, he found out, look, yes, I messed up, but what can I do now? He went forward to use his own manipulative way to get himself out of trouble. Yeah, he was, you know, he was shrewd. He tried to cut deals with some of the people that were owing the masters. You know, he tried to, you know, and the master came back and said, you know what? This guy is smart. You know, maybe I don't need to lose him after all. Maybe I just need to work on his uh, mindset a little bit. And somehow he was able to get his job back because the master thought, you know what? He was shrewd. He would apply his senses. He tried to solve problems. And a lot of times, believers, unfortunately, we don't do that. Sometimes we suspend our brain. Sometimes we just, you know, we just, uh, once we have the Bible in our hand, we just think, you know what? You know, we're just going to suspend ourselves, our brain, 
and excuse ourselves of our responsibility and just let God do the rest. You know, God doesn't operate that way. So in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about, you know, abundance from a standpoint of capacity. And that's why we title this message, Capacity Abundance, or Abundance Capacity, How to Build Capacity to Enjoy God's Abundance. Because there's no doubt, God's plan for us is abundance. Amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor and remind them, God's plan for you is abundance. God's will for you is abundance. Amen. And it doesn't matter where you are now. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how much you're making. It doesn't matter whether things are tight, whether things are difficult, whether things are... You need to know this is God's will for you. God's will for you is not to be living paycheck to paycheck. It's not to be afraid, you know, that if you lose your job, you are going to be homeless. Uh, You know, that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. Yeah, do we find ourselves in that situation? Yes, we do. Sometimes we do because it's a temporary situation. Yes, because, you know, that's life. You know, you have to start somewhere. But sometimes, a lot of times we do because we are not using God's wisdom. We are not. We are not applying God's wisdom, so we always find ourselves in a corner. We are always needing a miracle. If you are always needing a miracle in your finances, it's because you are not applying God's wisdom. If you're always, if you're, if you're always looking, you know, you're always on the edge. You're always looking for God to come through, and God comes through. It's because you're not applying God's wisdom. What will give you the kind of life that God wants you is the wisdom of God. So, but it starts from knowing that this is God's will for you. Hallelujah. And the good thing about God is he's willing and he's able. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to bless you abundantly. Do you believe that? That God is able. The God we serve is able to bless you abundantly. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter where you are. He has the ability to bless you abundantly so that at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. You see that? God really wants to bless you with excess so you can do good work for him, so he can brag about you. He wants you to have more enough, and he wants you to have excess. All right? So he is willing to give us abundance so that first we have all that we need. We can eat, we can, you know, we can go to work, we can buy clothes, we can do all this. Then we also can abound in good work. Now, God has called us, especially as believers, to do good works, to be a blessing. He said we should heal the sick, we should visit the prisoners. Those things can be done cheap. You can visit the prisoner and not try and do something for them, Right? You can visit people who are poor and just say, I'm just going to pray for you and lay my hands in your stomach and just bless you. They're going to say, go away with your hand. All right? You know, we went to Uganda. We brought things, right? That was how to be a blessing. You know, going to, I mean, I just, I just returned from a three-nation trip. It costs a lot of money, thousands and thousands of dollars. You cannot do what God uh, wants you to do without having some excess. Uh, so God wants to give us excess so we can be that. Amen. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. So God wants us to prosper. In fact, he says in John 10, 10, 
I have come so that you may have life and they, you may have it more abundantly. You know, so, and we've answered that why God, why does he want to give us abundance? He want to give us abundance so first we can have for our enjoyment, all right? First, we can have some to enjoy. Second, so we can do good works. You know, we can have access to be able to do things, to be able to be a blessing, to be able to bless his house. You know, we're raising money now to, you know, do some things for our church. All right? He has to give us access, knowing that we are kind enough, good-hearted, to be able to say, you know what? The Lord's house must be blessed. Hallelujah. For the purpose of the kingdom, for the purpose of taking the gospel to the ends of the world. That cannot happen unless God's people are blessed. You know, God cannot be asking unbelievers to finance the gospel. You know, no, God, I mean, that would not make sense. You know, God has to rely on us. And one of the ways he would do it is to bless us. And the way he's going to bless us is through his wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the wisdom we're going to be talking about is the capacity, building capacity. Because I don't believe it is, the problem is not from God's hand. Because God has abundance. God is generous. God is a giver. God is always giving. And the Bible even says he gives without finding fault. So God doesn't look for ways to disqualify people from being blessed. So next time you see somebody that is not supposed to be blessed getting blessed, just know that that's the nature of God. He's not looking for, he's not an insurance company. You know, his insurance people will, when, you, when it's time to collect, that's when they find some fine prints. You know, you've been paying all these years, no fine prints, then they look for ways to disqualify you. That's not God. God doesn't look for ways to disqualify us. God gives liberally. He gives generously. Hallelujah. Even when we mess up, we waste it, we come back. He doesn't say, oh, you wasted the last time. I'm not going to give you anymore. No, no, no. He's willing to give you the second chance. You know why? Because he's rich enough. It's people who are not rich enough that that think like that. You know, oh, I gave you the last. That's an excuse not to give you more. All right? Our God is, he has it all. And we must Think abundance. We must think like that. You know, if you, if you think from a perspective of a stingy God, then we live a stingy life. All right? We live a stingy life. We are not, you know, we are not, we are not thinking abundance. Hallelujah. So it must affect first the way we think. But the most important thing to realize is what determines, what limits our ability to receive from God is our capacity. And that's very important. And that's what we're going to talk about. Our capacity. Our capacity to receive. You know, because we are like containers. You know, we are like container. Every container has their limit, which is their capacity. In science, we call that the volume. Right? The volume. So the volume you can receive is your capacity. You know, what capacity do you have to receive and retain God's blessing. Now, if you begin to work on your own capacity, you're going to see that you begin to receive more from God. None of us can improve God. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
God does not improve, cannot be improved. He's been God. He's, you can, he, God he doesn't grow wiser. He doesn't grow smarter. He doesn't grow richer. He, you know, he can. There's no amount of prayer that can improve God. You know, sometimes we think when we pray, we can make God better. You know, we can just make him smarter, more powerful by our fasting and prayer. No, 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 no. Now, what all those things does is to improve us, increase our capacity to be able to walk with him. Don't forget, God is at a realm. We are at a realm. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the and the earth, so great are his ways, right? And his thought. God is operating here. We are operating here. The more we can really get ourselves closer to him, the more we can enjoy what he has. The more we can hear him, the more we can understand him, the more we can experience him. You know, so many of the things we do coming to church, fasting, prayer, is never to improve God at all. It's to get us closer to him. It's to get us once in a while to eavesdrop on what he's saying, all right? To eavesdrop on what he's saying, to align ourselves to him, you know, and the more we align ourselves to him, the more we experience him. Praise the name of Jesus. So those things are for us. The extent to which we can increase our capacity is that extent to which we can enjoy his prosperity. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a few scriptures to you, and, uh, you know, we're going to try to Touch one or two points, and we're going to close for today, and we continue next week. Hopefully, you invite a friend to come and join us next week. Amen. Are you getting blessed? Are you loving this? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Deuteronomy 8, 18. And I I actually want all of us to read it together. Let's read it together. It's on the screen. Let's go one, two. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which is swore to your ancestors. it is. Now, this is very instructive, and I'll give you the background why this is very instructive. Now, God told them, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to take you to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. All right? He told the children of Israel. I mean, it's funny. Israel is not a land really flowing with milk and honey. It's not. <laughs> you know, we go there today, it's not. There's no natural resources. There's no, there's no oil. There's no diamond. There's nothing out of the ground. But in that region, it's the richest country. It's the richest country because, I mean, the, ri- the riches are not as visible, almost. You know, it's not always visible. Now, but you look at what God is saying here. He's saying... Really, I will, he, what he does is the ability to produce wealth. You know, God, God's wealth is there, but how he allows us, how we as individuals, we are able to enjoy and experience it is through our capacity. So that, that ability is like capacity to produce wealth, you know, to be able to produce it. So in every one of us, he, God has given you the capacity. God has given you the capacity. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. You know, God has given you the capacity to be able to produce the wealth you need for his purpose for your life. 
The capacity is there. It's there by way of knowledge. It's there by way of skills. It's there. It's inside of you. I mean, the more you are able to discover that, the more you are able to develop that capacity, expand that capacity, you see that the more you are able to contain, retain, it's very important, and receive. Because really, wealth is not going to benefit you. Money is not going to benefit you that much if you don't have the capacity for it. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've all read the stories of people who win lottery. Most of them never, you know, they never become rich. In fact, they did studies and saw that a few people have actually become rich because of lottery, but those people were already rich before they won lottery. They were already rich. Somehow they won lottery and they became richer. Why? Because somehow they've acquired the capacity to manage money. They've acquired it because money somehow doesn't go to people who don't have the capacity for it. Money is not attracted to ignorant people. Money is not attractive. Money doesn't love ignorant people. people it just doesn't, doesn't go to people who don't know anything. It doesn't know to people who just all they know is how to whine, how to complain, you know, how to... No, 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 no. Money is not interested in those kind of people. Money loves people who have the capacity to handle it. People who don't have the capacity, if money goes to them, it destroys them. It messes them up. And that's very important. We're going to read another scripture to lay a very solid foundation. Isaiah chapter 54, from verse 1 and 2, it says, Sing, barren woman, you would never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You will never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. I believe I'm prophesying to people who are trusting God. Amen. The Lord is saying, sink. All right? God is going to give you more in Jesus' name. But look at verse 2 says. Verse 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Enlarging our capacity is important to receive anything from God. Enlarging our capacity is important. Enlarging our capacity. So I'll wrap up today by talking about one area of our capacity, and that area is knowledge. So today is about our knowledge. The knowledge is so critical to making money. And knowledge in two folds. First of all is the knowledge of your ability. Second is about knowledge of how money works. I found out that those two things are very, very important. The first is the knowledge of you. Because God has given you the capacity to produce wealth. And I don't care where you are now. I don't care where you are now, you know, your status, your whatever you think you are, you... You know, you can blame anything for why you are not doing well. You can blame your, you know, your skin color. You can blame your legal status. You can blame your state. You know, you can blame anywhere. Those are excuses. The only person you should blame, that person is in the mirror. If you go into the mirror, go and look at that person. They say, you are the reason why I'm not doing well. 
All right? And if you can punch him in the face, you can. All right? All right? All right? You are. Because with inside of you is the capacity. That capacity is just not being mined. It's being ignored. It's not being taken advantage of. That's the, that's the reason. There is that ability inside of you. You just have to know it. You have to believe it. Because God says it. God has given you the ability to produce wealth. Oftentimes we are blind to it. A lot of time we are not aware of it. A lot of time we ignore it. A lot of time we just, you know, we find somebody else's to blame. Something to blame for our misfortune. Because it is easier that way. It's convenient. It's painful to look into the mirror and say, the reason why you are not doing well is you. It's very painful. So most of us would rather blame, blame your parents, blame your spouse, blame your friends, blame your church, you know, blame Trump, you know, blame. <laughs> I think... I think that that's what Trump has done. He gives everybody someone to blame for all their problems. It doesn't rain today, it's Trump. It doesn't rain Trump. It, anything is going on, we have someone to just blame. You know, but stop doing that. Stop all that and really face the main person that is important. That's you. There is something in you. There's something in your life. There's something God has put inside of you that is the key to your doing well financially. Oh, nobody wants to hire me. No, nobody has to hire you. All right? That's not, that's, you're, you're focusing on the wrong place. Are there ways you can produce wealth? Are there things that God has given to you? Are there abilities that God has given to you that if it is well taken care of, well mined, well channeled, can produce the wealth that you need? There are, lot, I mean, there are millions of people who are not working for anybody. There are millions of people who don't even have what you have. Some of them can't even speak English, and they are making money. Do you know that? You know, the guy that fixes our HVAC can't speak English. And we pay him thousands and thousands of dollars. It's so frustrating to deal with him. <laughs> but the first guy that we hired that could speak English wasn't doing a good job. All right, we had to fire him. And hire somebody that can barely speak English. So sometimes I actually want to text him. I tap it in English, get it on Google to transfer, to transpose it and send it to him. And he, he, you know, we communicate or he brings his son to speak to us. The guy does a good job. He touches those machines. Somehow they work. <laughs> After a while, I say he has a magic, magic touch because he has a way of doing it. So that's to tell you that that's... That's, there's no limitation. There's no limitation. The only limitation is you. It's just because you have not faced that person very well. You have not told him the truth. You have not said it is you. Do something. Hallelujah. That's important. For those of you who are working, do you even know how much you are worth? Some of, many of us are underpaid simply because if you don't even know how much you are worth. You don't know. Do you know that there's market value to you as a person? There's market value. 
Many of us don't even know there's market value, and you don't check that. You, there's a market value to you. There's a market value to your skill. You know, you as a person, you are like a resource, all right? The market determines your value. Now, you need to begin to find out, are there ways I can increase my worth? You see, your job is not, I mean, managing your career is not just about just going to work on time every day. Uh, you know, nobody pays you for coming to work on time. That's a giving, all right? I mean, if they give you a raise, they're probably trying to tie you down just because, oh, yeah, you come to work at 8 o'clock every day. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. It's much more than that. Your career is you. It's the skill. And it's a function of your knowledge. What do you have? It's a, pro it's a function of the problem you're solving. All right? And the problem you're solving is a problem. It's a function of the knowledge that you have. You need to begin to ask yourself, how can I increase my value? Don't just go and say, you know, I just clock time. Oh, yeah, I, you know, another day, another dollar. Those, those kind of uh, very, very, uh, very way, the way we just talk ourselves to think we are commodity. No, you are someone that is having value. How much investment are you making in yourself? How much investment are you making in yourself as a person? You know, and you, you, there's a lot more to you. You know, there's a lot more to you, to what you're bringing, the value. You know, what can you, there are little things you can add to yourself that improves your, yourself. And it doesn't always have to be your, the technical thing you're doing. You know, hey, you're coding, yes. Are there other things you can add to yourself, for example? You know, are there other things? Are there management skills? Are there, you know, people skills? Are there soft skills? Are there things you need to learn? Are there, you know, opportunities, things you can do? You begin to, you see, the power to get wealth is in you. They are not external. They don't come from anywhere. The issue is, are you willing to mine your wealth inside of you? Are you willing to mine it? The capacity of our brain to learn is so powerful. Most times we don't use it. Most times we don't because we are too lazy. We're too lazy to push our mind, to push our brain, you know, to really our brain. I mean, look at, what, look at when you started learning. Some things you think were so complicated, after staying at it for a while, they become like next to you. Look at when you just first started driving. You thought, I mean, driving is like the most difficult thing in the world. I mean, you're just moving, you're swerving, you think you're moving a little, it's too far, you're like this, and you're looking, oh, you have to look into the front mirror, the side mirror, the back. I mean, how, can, how is it possible <laughs> that one person is looking at three places to drive? Isn't that what you thought when you started out? Six months into driving, you are doing all those things without thinking. I mean, you get, you get into your car now, do you even think of how you are going to, I mean, you just, you easy, boom. Our brain is powerful. That's, that's the capacity of our brain. And that's why we must never stop learning. Hallelujah. So the knowledge of your ability, do you know who you are? Do you know yourself? Do you know your skill? Do you know how to improve yourself? Do you know your worth? Hallelujah. The second thing we must do is to know how money works. Do you know how money works? 
Many of you don't even think it's necessary. Let me tell you, people who don't know how money works don't have money, period. You, you, money loves to be respected. You know me, then I come to you. You give me some respect, I give you some respect. People who really know how money works. I will give you an example. My daughter the other day was started learning a compound interest in class. And she came to me, oh, daddy, I learned compound interest today. I learned something about interest. You know, I learned compound interest. It's great. It's this. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how many adults don't even know what compound interest is. I wonder how many people don't even know how compound interest applies to our life. Do you know that Albert Einstein once said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world? The eighth wonder. And he talked about that from investing, that the power of compound interest is the eighth wonder. That people who understand compound interest, wow, they will apply it to their life. Something, this is what I'm telling you, so simple, but still many people don't know it. The reason why many people don't invest is because they don't understand compound interest. They don't understand that if you're a young man, you're 25 years old today, you invest 10% of your income, over the next 25 years or 45 years, you're going to be a millionaire. If you can do that, you can be diligent, you can invest it in the market. What makes that happen is compound interest. Are you willing to understand that? That's, that's a simple example of how money works. You see, it doesn't matter. You can know... You know, you can be a nuclear engineer. If you don't know compound interest, you're still going to be very limited. If you don't know how money works, you're still going to be very limited. If you don't know how taxes works, right? Many of you have no clue. You never even read one article about the ta- Tom Trucks. Yeah, that's for, that's not for, that's for you. It's affecting. It's going to affect you. Oh, if you say, oh, they're talking about sorts. You know, they've put a cap on salt. You have no clue what they are talking about. If you have no clue what I'm talking about now, then you have a problem. <laughs> then, then you need to really go and start reading. Go and get money for dummies. No, no, that's, that's true. I'm not, that's, that's where to start from. You know, you don't tell, oh, yeah, all I need to do is my career. That is only going to take you to a little place. People, you know, some of these things, that's why we must know how money works. That's what this guy, that's what Jesus is commending the unjust steward for, right? He knew how business works. He knew how business people think. He knew how, you know what, when I'm fired, I can't dig. I can't do that. When I'm fired, I can do something, and these people can take me into their place. He knew all that. He knew how things work in the business world. And he's able to apply that. Many of us, we don't. So let's begin to understand. Let's begin to say, you know what? I need to know how money functions. Oh, yeah, I don't like money. I'm not a money person. You are, you are just a, you are a hypocrite. Because you are spending half of your time earning money, spending money, everything, chasing money. Ah, that's what you do all week. And you say, oh, I don't like money. I don't like prosperity. I don't like, no, 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 no. Don't be a hypocrite. 
You're already, your life is already, in fact, your joy, your happiness depends on whether you have money or not, right? So a lot of times we are ready. A significant portion of our life, we already spend them around earning, savings, giving, spending, you know. So our relationship with money is not something we can brush aside, especially as children of God. I really actually think we should be really because, I mean, we are in business with God, right? And we are supposed to be people of abundance so we can enjoy and so we can be a blessing to others. There's no other institution with the responsibility that the church has. We have a responsibility to preach the gospel to the whole world. We have a responsibility to feed the poor. We have a responsibility to, to deliver the oppressed. We have a responsibility to do all these things. Now, God has a responsibility to direct the finances to us, and we have a responsibility to increase our capacity to earn. I'm going to wrap up by letting you know that money does not go to ignorant people. It just, it just doesn't like, it's not attracted to snobbish people. People who snob money, people who, you know, people who don't, who don't, who are ignorant, they somehow, they don't attract wealth. But if you are going to really increase our capacity to know, to understand, what is, what, what do you say the market, what does it mean? Market go up and down. What does that mean? Many of us, you never bother to care. You know, what is the stock market? What is S&P? What is Dow Jones? All these things they talk about. They, they are not for nuclear scientists. They are for ordinary people. They are for us to know, to understand. How does it imply me? How can I take advantage of it? You know, if you begin to study a little bit, an hour every day, you know, you know maybe a couple of hours a week, get a book, know it, you're going to see that the more you expand your knowledge, somehow the more you're going to attract it. And I pray that as you expand your capacity, you experience his abundance in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Amen. So we're going to continue next week, but let's pray. Father, we thank you because of your revelation knowledge that you are releasing to us here. You are starting something in our mind. You are challenging us, stirring our hearts to be what you have called us to be, to be ready, to be able to receive the abundance that you have for us as your children because you know it is going to do the right thing. It's going to go to the right place. So I pray for people here who are in financial challenge. Maybe their situation needs a miracle now. So even get them to zero. I'm praying, my Father, you will step into their situation in the mighty name of Jesus. But I'm praying above all that you make all of us people of yearning for knowledge. People who are willing to really work with you to be expanded in their knowledge capacity to receive in the mighty name of Jesus. I banish ignorance. I declare ignorance is not our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.